sweetest honey. We have an incredible guest on the podcast today, and I know she's going to lay down some wisdom. So grab a notepad, a cup of coffee, and get ready for what she has to say. Today we are welcoming the owner of KJ Dance, my boss, Miss Chrissy Omar Blakesley, to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here in your beautiful home. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you. And Christy has been a dance studio owner for 30 years, a little bit more than that. We'll get into detail. She's a mother, a grandmother, and a mentor to so many. She's probably the most selfless and passionate person that I know. So I'm excited to introduce her to you guys. Um, I met Christy through Jennifer Amburn um, and started working at KJ in the summer of 2021. And I am so thankful you decided to take a chance on me because it's been the biggest blessing um, teaching, but also just being under the mentorship of you. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. Yes, I was grateful to Jennifer for introducing us. And she sang your praises highly and you have not disappointed us at all. Oh, thank you. It has been a special place in the community in that studio is incredible. It's like nothing I've ever experienced before. So I love it. Thank you. That's so sweet. <laughs> of course. Um, okay. So I want to start off because I always love to have my guests give a little bit of background on themselves. So just talk a little bit about you, your family, anything. Okay. Share. Great. Yeah. Um, well, I was actually born in Abilene, Texas, and we quickly moved to Lubbock. My mother had a dance studio there. And then my dad got transferred to Dallas. I was probably eight years old. So I've been in the Plano area mm -hmm. ever since then. And my mother had a very successful dance and gymnastics school with over 1800 students during the seventies when gymnastics was a really big thing. Mm -hmm. And so I got to learn under her mentorship and just really became enamored with uh, the teaching aspect of dance. Mm -hmm. I love dancing myself, but the teaching aspect was awesome. So she was my role model always and just, mm -hmm. just amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, I am married to a wonderful man and we've been married 10 years. We both came from broken marriages, um, kind of not of our choosing in the past, honestly. And we had a similar story as we both stayed single and just took care of our children for about 14 years and didn't date. And then after our kids were grown, I have four and he has four. So mm -hmm. it's eight of us. Um, we decided to date and we were actually each other's second date. We dated one other person in those 14 years and wow. um, not for very long. And we met and God just brought us together in the most miraculous way. And it's, it's been such a great journey with him mm -hmm. and I feel like um, he is an amazing, we call him P. He's, it was <laughs> P bear and then it got shortened to P by the teenagers, but we have two teenage grandchildren and eight um, school age preschool and babies. <laughs> so 10 total. Hands full. Yeah. You're a busy grandma. <laughs> Very busy. They call me KK, which is fun. I love that. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear more about you guys' story too. We'll probably get into that because he's so sweet. I loved meeting him. And Thank you. You guys have a special relationship for sure. I feel like your whole family is on deck of KJ. <laughs> they are. Everyone's got it. it. That's what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, okay. So I do want to chat about your journey as a dance studio owner because we all know that's not an easy job. It requires a lot of sacrifice. So how did you decide that this is what, what you wanted to do with your life? It's interesting. I stopped dancing when I was 
19 and I thought, well, I'm going to go to school and actually study communications at that time. Uh, the major was called mass comm. I went to Texas tech. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a great fit for me. And, um, I just found myself wanting to come back home and help my mom with her school. So that's what I did. And I was really drawn to teaching. Mm -hmm. And so I taught for her for 10 years and then, um, she had a early, this early ascent to heaven at 59 years old. And so we lost her. And um, at that point, I thought, this is something that I need to do and carry on and uh, had the I, I think I just had the calling to do it a different a little bit different way than she had done it mm -hmm. and go in a different direction. So that's when uh, I started KJ dance as the director and owner. And it is a journey. And it, it is something that you have to be very, uh, you, you have to be willing to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. But at that particular time, I had four children and um, was pretty much a single parent. So it was, it's been such a gift. Um, and the opportunities to engage with other families, I had families pouring into my children big time mm -hmm. and I was pouring into their children. So it was kind of a mutual thing, but it has definitely evolved over the years in the three decades that yeah. we, we've had KJ and it is, it is becoming probably even more challenging. I would say I'm working harder now than I was in those early years, Wow, even crazy. as a young mom. So it's, it's a different kind of work, but it's, it's challenging because the kids are more challenged these days <laughs> with all of the things that we know they're dealing with. Yes, absolutely. But I love that you have your mom's legacy to look up to mm -hmm. and learn from. For sure. So. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be near the person I am trying to strive to be without <laughs> her legacy for yeah. sure. And then your daughter is also involved. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a multi-generational. It is. It is. Just so awesome. It's pretty fun. A love for dance runs in the family. It does. <laughs> it does. Um, well, kind of going off of that, I want to talk about like what have been your biggest joys and challenges as either a teacher, but also like a dance studio owner. Yeah, I think um, my biggest joys circle around building relationships with the families, with the students, with my faculty. And I often say we have parent conferences pretty often. And I often say to them, if it weren't for the relationships we're building, even in the hard times, mm -hmm. even in the times where parents may bring a complaint or a problem, I, I just embrace that as a, a way to build a stronger relationship with them and really let them see the transparency of our business. Mm -hmm. And really what we want is for their kids to thrive and do well in every area of life. Mm -hmm. So sometimes those challenges are, are taken. Um, I, I know people shy away. Sometimes a, a mom <laughs> will come in and say, okay, I'm going to bring my husband. And I'm like, great, bring <laughs> your husband because he's, a lot of times wondering why all this money's being spent on right. dance and let's educate the whole family mm -hmm. on what it means to grow up in our studio mm -hmm. and be a part of this generation of new performers and new artists and how that looks. Mm -hmm. So that is a, that's one of the biggest joys for sure is the relational component. Yeah. Because it just stretches forever. I know. I can relate to that. Even just being a young teacher and seeing how some of the students like grow and 
they get excited about certain dreams and you have to help them work towards it. And I love just watching that journey unfold and, mm -hmm. and having to push them too. And then they see themselves like break their own limits. And there's also such a personal side to that. Like with my studio owner growing up, you know, she kind of becomes your second mom because you're spending all your time at the dance studio. Mm -hmm. So she really, like every dance teacher has that opportunity to really pour into their students. And I love that. And I've learned a lot from you in this, but like, I can be very hard on myself with complaints are great. Like you, sh you should want to improve, but I love that you run towards it instead of away from it. And like, just me in being newer in this, um, I've been inspired by that because I'm like, okay, I can challenge myself. I can, you know, really like push to be a better leader and coach and teacher and everything. So I'm thankful that I have you to watch in that. And you've already kind of set that in stone for the rest of us. Well, I think in the early years, when I was your age, obviously it wasn't as easy. Yeah. You take it a little bit more personally. Mm -hmm. And then when I kind of let go of the, I let go and let God say, I've got you. Mm -hmm this is going to be fine. I've got you. Mm -hmm. Just go in, have the conversation, be who you are. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that I really don't have trouble doing is just being really real and transparent with people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a gift that he's given me to use. Mm -hmm. And so I just try to use it. And I, I remember the days that I would lose two or three nights of sleep yeah. over a complaint or over something that might've happened that we wish hadn't happened because we're all human and yeah. things take place in the studio that, you know, we just, we make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And now I just put a 24 hour rule before I call someone back or mm -hmm. email them back and I'll let things simmer down. And then That's by great. the time you, you address it, everyone's in a more comfortable situation yeah. and you can work through it. It's a life thing. It's a life lesson for all of us. Mm -hmm. So I do embrace those, even those hard conversations yeah. because it is, it's relationship building and it's life giving. Yeah. And if you can make it to the other end of that with positivity and they can understand and you seek to understand their viewpoint, mm -hmm. then you've nailed it. Yeah. There's so much growth that comes with that. Um, and I think, parents probably especially appreciate the transparency and just like that this is a journey for you too and mm -hmm. you know just that equal like just humanizing for yourself. sure for sure yeah but i love the 24-hour rule that's a good rule for anything in life I it think. is mm -hmm. it absolutely is and nobody's gonna you know lose too much in that 24 hours but the emotions will change yeah and especially when you're dealing with uh people's children yeah you know they're their prized possessions and so you get emotional about your kids. I heard it said one time, um, <laughs> no one expects you to take care of everyone's problems, but everyone expects you to take care of their problems. And it's so true. <laughs> it's true. I mean, because it, for them, that is the most crucial thing at the moment. Right. And they don't know you may have 20 others that are, yeah. it's just as crucial for them. Yeah. So you do have to take that breath and that 24 hours, I think is a good, rule of thumb. Mm -hmm. And it's not too long to make someone wait for yeah. a response sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you that's a hard job that you have. Um, so you said your biggest joy, but what's been your like biggest challenges? I think um, just meeting the expectations of not only faculty, but parents and the students now, because our students are challenged with getting what they need 
or what they want so quickly in life <laughs> that it's sometimes hard for them to see that dance is a process and it takes time. a long time mm -hmm. to become what they all dream to become. And it takes a lot of different, um, I think, I think one of the biggest things right now challenging not only dance educators, but me as a studio owner is to let them see that their role as a student, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like that kids and dancers in general, I've even seen this in the professional world, mm -hmm. uh, they tend to see what they can get from the class instead of to see what they can give. Mm -hmm. And I think if we can teach them that it's a two way street, it's not just the teacher walking in and mm -hmm. giving you everything. Mm -hmm. There has to be a relationship there. Mm -hmm. And there, there we go back to relationship again. Yeah. So if we could teach them that at a young age to be part of the process mm -hmm. and in a, in a dance class, it's interesting because you want a certain amount of discipline mm -hmm. and you don't want them constantly talking or asking questions, but you do have, I think you have to implement the regard of how, how are you supposed to take class mm -hmm. as a participant and, and what are you bringing? What are you bringing to the class? Are you bringing your energy? Are you bringing your best attitude or you're bringing, are you bringing the discipline that it takes to become what you want to become? Mm -hmm. And I think, that right now seems to be the biggest challenge is getting that across to the students, mm -hmm. empowering the faculty to expect that. Yeah. And having the parents understand where that comes from. Yeah, totally. Because dance is an art form that does take so long, as you know, to yeah. develop. I mean, you never stop. No. Right? <laughs> Always trying to develop a better skill in that. Yeah. It's actually interesting that you say that because my studio owner growing up, kind of branched off of our big studio, created like her own and was kind of losing money in that process. And she knew that like this was a risk she was taking. There's only 10 of us. So she was breaking even probably. And there would be days where she would just like cry and tell us how disappointed she was that we didn't show up in class that day. Like she was like, I'm giving you everything. I'm, you know, taking time away from my family. I am losing money on this, mm -hmm. but you guys are going to come in and not be respectful of that. And I remember all of us just being like so shook and it really like snapped us into shape. And we, I think that like created a great relationship where we knew how much that she was sacrificing for us. And we wanted to give that back to her. And like every single time we would perform, we wanted to just not disappoint her we wanted to like make her proud yeah. and um i think that pushed us as dancers too i think that just being real sometimes with them and explaining i've, I've talked to other educators that have been at their wits end they yeah. just said okay i'm not sure what to do here mm -hmm. this it's a little bit out of control and my first advice is sit them down and have a real conversation mm -hmm. and let them know the way you feel. You are equipped to teach this class, mm -hmm. to conduct this rehearsal, whatever it is. You're 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 equipped. Mm -hmm. You are a professional educator and kids can sometimes be scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so don't let them intimidate you because you've got all the tools, yeah. you know? So I think it, um, it's challenging to not be in the studio myself Yeah. because I think that was my sweet spot. Honestly, yeah. I'm not great with the, you know, 
ins and outs of uh, what we do technology wise, <laughs> because I'm on a little bit of the older end. So I always have to lean on you, you younger <laughs> educators to help with that. But I think my sweet spot was just sharing mm -hmm. in this, in the space. And so that's been a challenge for me mm -hmm. in the last eight years um, to kind of step back and not be in the studio. Uh, so I think that, that, kind of is a coupling uh, yeah. with the effect of the challenges that, that I have as far as getting the, the KJ culture and message across mm -hmm. without actually being in the space. Yeah. So it takes extra work and effort on my mm -hmm. part to make sure that everybody's feeling mm -hmm. equipped to deal with the studio in studio situation, yeah. the way we want to keep the culture growing. Cause I do mm -hmm. feel like we have a special culture and yeah. I look at hiring very seriously in creating that culture mm -hmm. and we're so blessed to have the faculty that we have. I'm just so proud of all of you. And mm -hmm. it's, it's a joy to work alongside of the people that we have on our team mm -hmm. right now. And, um, but, but I think those would kind of cover the biggest challenges. Yeah. I think you do a great job of like trying to implement that. And Thank we talk you. a lot about values and, I, we have meetings, you know, where we go through this stuff and how can we be better with the students? And mm -hmm. like, again, that just doesn't happen everywhere. So I think you do a great job of just trying to put what you believe, what you're good at, like empowering that into us. So. Thank you. Yeah. And kind of going off about that, like the, the KJ culture is so positive. Um, and it's easy to see it's from the top down through leadership. So what do you think it takes to be a great leader and how have you been inspired to keep growing in this every day? Well, I think when you are bigger than your purpose, you have a career, but when your purpose is bigger than you, you have a calling. Mm. And I feel like my calling right now is to continue to grow as a leader mm -hmm. for the faculty mm -hmm. so that it, you can feel supported and you can feel empowered to do the best job in this um, current <laughs> situation that we have with, you know, we're, we're, I tell the faculty often, I think you've heard me say this, you have two or three hours, in some cases, one hour, but it, but if you have the kids for two or three hours at, at a time, you have them without their technology longer than anybody in their day. That's a true. lot of kids have technology even in school. Yeah. So we, it's a, you are a you have a prime audience and you've kind of got them captive mm -hmm. in that room. So what are we doing um, <laughs> with that time yeah. to pour into them? Yeah. Um, I think leadership takes first and foremost vulnerability mm -hmm. and a lot of courage to use that vulnerability in a way that um, people can feel like you're being real with them and therefore they can be hungry for the information you might be sharing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think leadership development is a journey and not a destination for sure. Mm -hmm. And I'm constantly seeking wisdom from the sources that I trust and value the most. I've got so many people that, um, are in my life that God has placed just at the perfect time mm -hmm. to give me more wisdom. And then if I feel stuck, I seek it out mm -hmm. and search, um, search out a new, way of learning mm -hmm. and a new way to lead. It's fun to see emerging leaders like you taking the challenge of like this podcast. You have these mm -hmm. gifts and talents that are just 
so real and sweet and speaking to people and sharing your love and the way, you know, as a dance educator and a <laughs> professional dancer, now you're doing this. Mm -hmm. It's another way to share yourself with our industry, which is our industry's tricky. Yeah. You don't find a lot of people that have uh, the same type of values and value the same things in our industry. Mm -hmm. A lot of our industry is focused on, you know, what's hot now, what's, what looks good, what, and, and not the depth, uh, that you need to be able to sustain it yeah forever i'm really proud of you and the way that you're doing things on the field off the <laughs> field and now um in the studio where we are and just really in your daily walk Thank it's you. very encouraging to see someone of you know your talent and age and youth using it to better the next generation <laughs> i appreciate yeah, it thank you for doing it yeah we okay i want to go back to the quote that you said about purpose will mm -hmm. you repeat it yes when you are bigger than your purpose you have a career and we know careers can end right mm -hmm. when your purpose is bigger than you you have a calling mm -hmm. and that calling doesn't ever have to End. yeah and it can shift it can totally shift yeah i love that and i feel like it's so true and especially for like someone my age it's not or it's i would say it's kind of rare to know what you feel like your calling is or your passion is especially in a work environment mm -hmm. um because usually you spend years doing that and i feel like I've never been one to think I could do a nine to five just sitting in an office. I'm like way too, I got to get up and moving for that. Um, but I have felt a calling towards dance and a calling towards teaching and sharing my passions with others. And I think it like makes everything else so rewarding and you want to work harder and you want to keep going. And I love that you were talking about with like leadership, like even now you're still trying to grow and learn from people around you and get all the wisdom you can get. But you're like 30 years into <laughs> dance studio. Like I, I think keeping that mindset your whole life is like so important. It is important because things change. Mm -hmm. I look at the way class was done, you know, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. It's different than the way it's being done now. Mm -hmm. What's important to the students now is different. Yep. They're being shaped by the culture. Um, how can we help, you know, embody the culture that we want them to learn and give that to them on a daily basis mm -hmm. because they're coming and they're hungry and they want to work hard and they want to learn. So our job is not just about teaching them mm -hmm. how to move and how to devil pay and how to do all the things <laughs> that are so beautiful that they want to learn. <laughs> yeah. Um, because they're not going to be doing that for the most part when they're 30 or 40 years old. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I think it's just vital that we give them our whole heart and mm -hmm. our time. And that's tricky. Mm -hmm. It's hard to mm -hmm. just release everything and walk into that room and be a hundred percent present. But that I think is the goal. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think dance has so, you have the opportunity to learn so much about yourself as a dancer, but also just as a person. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that KJ does Sky Ranch and you take time to take away the dance aspect and talk about like what it means to be 
a good student and a good friend and just better yourself in life. Mm -hmm. Um, I think creating those values, like obviously impacts kids for the rest of their lives. Like they'll always look back and remember that even if they don't see it now, you know, I think so. <laughs> a lot of I, times they don't see it now. They We've don't. That. <laughs> they don't. And it's funny because I'm, I'm really, when I think about it, I'm like, I'm not that far mm -hmm. out of it, but I right. already realized so much. I'm like, if I was in high school again, I would be like such a different, have such a different mindset. And I feel like I would have been, you know, just improving so much more having that perspective, but it's something you learn as you it is. And the brain can only handle so much at different ages <laughs> and their frontal lobes are still developing. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's like 27 or 28 when your brain is fully developed. Yeah. I don't know that mine is even fully developed yet because <laughs> I feel like I'm still learning. But um, so that's a challenge too. So, yeah. But you do have to, I think you have to make the blueprint and mm -hmm. you just have to keep implementing it and they'll catch some of it. Yep. And some of it they won't catch exactly and yeah they will reflect back i think yeah so it's it's pretty important to just keep after it it's mm -hmm. hard sometimes but but it's so true and the relationship building part of it is huge and i love honestly being at the age i'm at i feel like sometimes dancers feel like closer like they can tell you about their lives a little bit more they can for sure trust you with certain information mm -hmm. and i love having that because i feel like i'm able to create like a, a almost friendly relationship but at the same time like keep the teacher and mm -hmm. keep the the boundary line with it but um yeah I just I think like I think back to people who poured into my life mm -hmm. and um it's like those teachers that cared more about you as a human mm -hmm. than they did who you were as a dancer right and, I mean, I didn't think I was that great growing up, but there were some teachers who would speak into my life and be like, I can see your potential. I can see mm -hmm. that you have like something special in you. And it was like those little things that held on to, even though I might have not been the best person in the room, like it's really motivated me to believe in myself. And I always think about wanting to do that with the kids, especially kids who maybe don't have as much confidence or mm -hmm. don't see it in themselves mm -hmm. yet. Mm -hmm. And it's a really special place to be. <laughs> it is. And it's, it is a great calling. I'm glad you feel called to share because we need, we need educators like you <laughs> and you're right. They do like to relate to, that's kind of why I stepped out of the studio eight years ago. I thought I can keep teaching, mm -hmm. but I have all of these wonderful educators that want to teach. They can relate quickly to the kids. The kids love them. Um, yeah. So it's it's important to just kind of pass the torch <laughs> and keep it going and keep it burning, you know. Yeah. But they still love you. I love how the kids all talk about you and want to talk to you when you walk in the room. Like, hey, hey. <laughs> They're sweet. They're, They're sweet. very sweet. So I feel like you've definitely done a great job of keeping that positive. Hopefully they feel the love. That's the main sure. thing. They definitely do. I felt it walking in as a stranger. So awesome. Awesome. <laughs> um, I kind of want to talk about just my journey in meeting you and how much of a God wink it was in my life. Um, which I don't know if I've ever like really told you no. that, but when I was in Arizona, um, I was really like, kind of struggling, figuring out, you know, what I wanted to do. I was really growing in my faith. And 
so I remember praying like, okay, I just, I want to be around girls who like love Jesus and share the same passions. And I was teaching dance at that time. That was like the one thing in my life that like I really loved and knew like, okay, I want to keep doing this and taught for a great studio out there. Um, but when I moved here, I knew I wanted to keep teaching. And I remember like my rookie year, I think I had like maybe emailed you or something, but um, never got in contact until Jen introduced me to you. And right when we had like our first interview, I was like, I want to work here. Like just meeting you and hearing like that you were a believer and that you and your husband had a nonprofit, like, um, and just the genuine passion you had for dance. I felt at home and I was like, okay. God has me in Texas for a reason. He might have me in this dance studio. I don't know yet, but um, it really was like a big blessing. And I feel like we've been talking about it, but you really are a lot of like who I want to be and you embody those qualities that like I strive to have. And so I feel like this is like a big I don't know, just a God thing for me. Oh, it's like his so hands sweet. on it. Yeah, I, I don't know it. if I've ever told you that. You haven't. <laughs> and that, that is, that's really inspiring. And it makes me want to just be better and better and make sure <laughs> everyone feels that way. I'm glad you felt that way. Yeah. I, um, like I said, it all goes back to relationship. And no matter what, we've gone through some things. We've had some discussions on this class or that class or what's yeah. working or what's not. And you've always been so free to accept any any advice that I've you know been given to give you and that the relationship part is just so special I don't think I could keep I don't think I could still be doing it because it is pretty hard work (laughs) um if that was not so pivotal for me Mm -hmm. I mean it's the it's the definitely the structure of which everything else spans out from Mm -hmm. is just building relationships and mm-hmm. how can we help each other and how can we love each other better and yeah all of those things yeah all of us need that yeah for daily sure. and I think for me that's evidence of like just God's work in mm-hmm. your life in mine but with you being so focused on relationships I think that comes from just a love for God mm-hmm. and his love for others and I think that's why I was also so drawn to you in the studio because I've never experienced a studio so open about that or just like really willing to talk about it Mm -hmm. and I remember seeing like little verses up on the wall and I was like oh my gosh (laughs) I feel so at home and it does I think it gives me the comfort knowing like I can have bad days and Mm -hmm. I can have struggles but Mm -hmm. like knowing that you have that grace too with your staff and your students and everything like it helps create that environment too. Awesome. Um, but I do want to talk about faith a little bit because I think that you intertwine it into your work so well. And some a verse that like I just love and I've I write on everything is like Colossians three twenty three talking about whatever whatever you do like do it for the Lord whatever work you do. Um, so I kind of want you to talk about this and like what has been your driving force for living this out so well. Well, I think I look back to the lessons that my mom gave me. Obviously, she was just um, kind and uh, loved the Lord and approached every day with hope. And that she instilled a lot in me. 
but my relationship with the Lord is definitely what it takes to get through the daily grind for sure. Mm-hmm. And just hearing and obeying, um, Matthew seven twenty four tells us that. And when I, when I open my mind to hear from God, I hear from him and, and I just obey what he tells me. Um, I think one of my God given callings is to be a developer of people. And it's a blessing to be in a place and an environment where I can listen for God's whisper and use the gifts and talents he's given me to help develop others in their gifting. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's my main goal with using my faith in the work is, okay, Lord, what's next? You know, like I said earlier, not being in the studio is sometimes challenging. I can walk in my own, not in the room itself, not being in the teaching room. I can walk in my own studio and think, where do I belong? You know, because this is a new role for me still after eight years, just just directing the faculty and the parents. Because mm-hmm. those little people, they give you those daily doses of just <laughs> unconditional love. They do. A lot of the time. <laughs> so that part of my work is missing now. And so I've had to just really reach to him and say, okay, I'm, I'm on board for as long as you want to keep me here. Mm-hmm. But, but what is it that, you know, so I think just in the last couple of years, I've realized it's helping to develop the next generation to teach the next generation. Yeah. And that is exciting. That is exciting. It's exciting. And it gives me a new um, look at learning. I have to continue to learn because y'all, y'all are learning things that maybe I don't know, or, um, not really technically dance wise, but maybe, uh, you know, contemporary wasn't a really big thing when I was teaching. <laughs> now it's, now it's everything. It's um, it's so, evolved. it's so everywhere. And I still think, Oh gosh, we need 10 more ballet classes. I love <laughs> classical ballet, but, yeah. um, I just think hearing and obeying is a big way that I, conduct my daily life as far as where to where does faith and the dance studio merge yeah you know because it is it is different Mm -hmm. and not everybody that comes to kj are believers right and we know that and i i want to love everybody right where they are Mm -hmm. and so that's exciting yeah because we have a lot of different places to love people where they are Mm -hmm. yeah i agree i was gonna say i think obviously it's not something where <laughs> you're preaching the gospel in every class and sharing God that way. But what you can do is pour into their lives and treat them well and inspire them and push them. And that's what makes them love you and trust you and kind of shows Jesus mm-hmm. through you in that way. And they wonder like, oh, how is she the way that she is? And it opens doors for you to share your faith, especially like parents. Mm-hmm. But um, I think kids... It's like that verse. It's like if you teach them in the way when they're mm-hmm. younger, they'll come back to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Like they'll look back on their time at KJ and remember some of the things that like you might have taught them. And mm-hmm. that's like your little seed that you planted and God waters down that's the right. road. <laughs> that's right. And you never know. I've, we have now come kind of full circle with the three decades. And I've seen the impact played out over and over with within those uh, last three decades, you know, formidable relationships with alumni and faculty, as well as KJ families. We're about to have an alumni event and one of our moms is hosting at her house. And there's just so many alumni that are excited to come back from, you know, from decades. And they still, 
one of my greatest joys is to still see them getting together. We have one of our parent groups. I think there's like 10 couples. They get together every month. Wow. The moms get together every <laughs> month and they've been gone for seven or eight years and Aww. they came together through our studio. Yeah. So it's just another extension of that relationship building. And it's, we've started a mom's group this year because I really, that was something that God put on my heart. He said, okay, you're not with the students anymore. The moms seem to have some of the biggest struggles like at dance yep. competitions and comparison. And we all know how hard that is these days. And with social media, that, that just plays another part of that. And he said, pour into the moms, mm. give them something special and pour into them. So we've had two already yeah, and we've had very sweet, special guest speakers at both of them. One of them was um, Joey Dowling, who is a professional dancer and she's also a mom now and the daughter of a studio owner. So she had a really good perspective. I bet. Yep. And then we had, um, Dawn Millen, who was a former KJ mom. She's a fashionista in the Dallas Metroplex and she is just a sweet, sweet spirit. And she came and just was very transparent with the moms and told them how important it was for them to be friends with one another yeah. because that's their, that's their crew for right now. Yeah. So make the, make the best of it. And that she's part of that group that gets together like monthly. Oh, it just warms so my heart sweet. to see when I see them post pictures, I'm thinking, yes, Lord, thank you for bringing those people together and yeah. letting them love on each other. Big oh, time. Yeah. That is so awesome. I like want to go to the- <laughs> I know. I said, could I be invited <laughs> yeah. to one of those get togethers? I know. I feel kind of left out, but I'm really glad y'all are doing it. Yeah. You know? But that's awesome that you have an impact, even just outside of the kids, because that is another aspect, no matter where you're at, like being a mom and watching your kid, like, honestly, I was lucky. My mom's not too much of a dance mom, uh-huh. <laughs> but like you can really have an impact on that kid's life through what you teach their mom. And if, you know, she becomes more like hands off and Mm -hmm. doesn't put that pressure of comparison on the child, Mm -hmm. like makes their experience as a dancer better. Absolutely. It trickles. It does. It (laughs) does. And it's hard to know that if you're not a dancer, if you didn't come from this world of, of dance and you don't really know how to navigate mom's they're just doing their best. Exactly. They're so, just trying. Yeah. yeah. We just need to help them love their kids even better. Yes. But I love the aspect of community and it's something I feel like God's put on my heart a lot this year and in like every space you're in, like just paying attention to the people around you. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like they should, these are the people around you right now. Like mm-hmm. might as well make the best mm-hmm. of it. And I think it's so true because he put those people in your life for a reason, whether it's to be friends or teach you a lesson, like that's right, whatever it may be. So the community aspect is like amazing. Um, also I want to go back because I love talking about couples. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yes. I'm very interested in how you and your husband met and then also just how you guys began kind of your nonprofit work together. If you wouldn't mind sharing. No, I'd love to. Um, okay. Well, we actually met on eHarmony because like I said, we had been Aww. single people for 14 years, both of us. Mm-hmm. It's such similar stories. And he had four children. I have four children. And we were, he was my second date. And I think I was his second date. He had dated somebody like a year before, but we both wanted to wait till our kids were grown to even you know, think about that. Yeah. And my kids actually made my profile. They were like, mom, it's time. 
It's time. We're all <laughs> out Audrey of the house. Yeah? <laughs> she didn't. I think it was Aaron. I can't really remember, but I'm pretty sure it was Aaron. I'm sure she had. I'm sure Audrea had some input on it. Um, yeah. Alicia and Alex were on board as well, but they were ready for me to do something. So the funny story is when I told Audrea and her husband Corley that I was going on a date and Corley said, well, what's his name? And so I said, well, his name's Andy Blakesley. And he said, I know him. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, what? He knew him. Wow. Andy's um, Sunday school teacher in eighth grade is Corley's uncle. Oh, wow. so they really knew the family. So it just gave me, I, I was just like, okay, Lord, this is bigger than I ever thought. Cause I got Corley's seal of approval immediately. Yeah. He knew the family. He was excited. Um, so it's, it's a fun little story That's because sweet. Andy grew up in the Amazon jungle as a missionary kid. Wow. <laughs> so he literally was a jungle kid. What a life <laughs> until eighth grade. <laughs> he had kid. monkeys for pets. He, Did he really? Yes. He, they would um, spear piranhas. Like these are stories that are oh, real. Oh wow! And so he still has some tendencies. I will say, every <laughs> once in a while, some jungle tendencies. Yeah, some jungle tendencies. <laughs> so, um, like the creek behind our house, he likes. To, he takes the grandkids, and the parents are all like, "No, they can't go to the creek," you know. But he does have those tendencies. But mission <laughs> work has always been his thing. Okay. Um, he actually graduated with a finance degree and went into work with Accenture and then um, God called him and said, this is the deal. I need you to go to 20 of the poorest countries. And so he started his own nonprofit. And then before I met him, actually, he had just gotten the job with Here's Life Africa, mm. who he's with now. Okay. And so I, my journey with nonprofits started with him. That's it just awesome. kind of came as a in fact, his mom, when she found out we met, she said, because she was a missionary, she said, how do dance and missions go together? She wasn't real keen on the idea at first. This is my first meeting with her. We're at lunch. And she looks at me and says, how does dance and missions go together? Because this is a non-dancing, they don't even know about dance kind yeah, of family. Yeah, they're like, what do you do? <laughs> so um, God used it to just, um, and it's been, it's been really exciting to see how he can take two things that are so opposite, like Andy's clientele, not clientele, but like his donors mm -hmm. are my age and older. Most of them, some of them a little bit younger. My people that I work with are your age and younger. <laughs> yeah. So we just, we've kind of merged two worlds in a way that it's just so life giving to us. And yeah. we're both helping one another yeah. constantly with like I'll help him with his, with his life and he helps me with KJ and it's just, it's a beautiful thing and I never would have dreamed it. Wow. I wouldn't have dreamed that I would be in remote villages of Africa at my age. <laughs> I, I just wouldn't have, it wasn't yeah. on my life map, but right. God changed it. He had a better, oh. he had a better idea for us. He always has better ideas. He does. What was that like? Like your first time? The going? first time I was, I, I was nervous the first time. Um, they they really treat you like royalty which was kind of strange for me yeah. i'm really good at being behind the scenes yeah i like directing things i like being behind the curtain um calling the shots from where no one can see me that's just my place yeah so it was it was a little bit different to be kind of elevated in this um you're used to being kind of the star of things as you travel <laughs> around with your yeah. professional career but 
I had always been the behind the scene, behind the scenes girl. So, um, it's humbling for sure. And it's, you just see so much need Mm -hmm. everywhere you look is need. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's, it's kind of a culture shock the first time. Mm -hmm. And you just, I just tell people the first time you go, you know, everything's new Mm -hmm. and there's need everywhere. So you kind of have to manage that need. And, and, you know, I think the first time I was giving everything I could out of my suitcase and there were like 15 kids that all of a sudden multiplied into 200. Mm -hmm. And Andy was like, babe, you got to be careful with what you start pulling out because if they see something being given, everybody's going to want it. And if you run out, you know, I think it was candy or something, but I just didn't realize that the gravity of how much, much need yeah. there is. Oh, that's... But his ministry um, has, in the last 20 years has reached 34 million have come to Christ. 34 Holy million. Holy. The number is so big that I always have to write it down. 25,000 pastors trained. Wow. And a quarter of a million people meet weekly in what we call lamp groups yeah. in these remote villages. A quarter of a million people in the on the continent of Africa under their mission. Now wow. there's mil, you know there's many more missions but I've chose. <laughs> it's really it's really it's very cool. And um he has 50 teams of 2 that travel remotely and share the Jesus film and just share the gospel and stay in a village for a week and train these pastors and wow. you know they're hungry. They're way they're way more hungry than than those in our country. Yeah. So that'd be so eye opening. It is cool. Definitely make you grateful for what you have. For sure. I would love to go just experience it. And I've never gone to do that before, but I think you need to. Oh, Oh, we would love for you to go with us. I would love to. You could (laughs) teach the women. We had our 25th anniversary celebration last year. I just have to tell you this because it was so cool. The the women and the men all showed up and I'm a, co- you know, I love to design costumes. You know, that that's, yeah. my, that's one of my favorite things right now, but they showed up in the most beautiful, they had, they all had the same fabric, okay. but they were able to design their own dresses for this 25th anniversary wow. out of the same fabric. So they all match, but then they all fit it to their bodies. They had, they had them tailored. We, we couldn't imagine how this just happened because you're in, a very poor country. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they show up and they look like rock stars. Wow. And the guys are of course so fit because they, they work <laughs> yeah. physically, physically all day long. Yeah. They don't work out, but they work out, yeah. you know, just doing yeah. their life. Mm-hmm. And so they had these nice suits that all match. I mean, they were oh, so proud. So it was cute. really amazing. Oh my gosh. Yes, please. I'll We'd go love for you. you to go. <laughs> We'd love for you to go. I would love to go. Um, I think it's so cool that you guys now share that like common passion and um, for sharing, like sharing love with others and sharing Jesus with the world. And I think like in a marriage that probably is, has to make it even more special. Like what would you say about having shared passions and how important it is within the marriage? Well, like I said, we, Andy didn't know the last thing about dance when he met me. And I, love Jesus, but I did not know much about missions. Right. I just didn't. And I think God had just used the love that we have for one another, which is the most important thing. Even if you don't have the shared passions, yeah. if you are living in what we call the triangle, we dated this way too. So 
he's at the bottom, I'm at the bottom, yes. and the Lord's at the top. I've heard about this. If he get, if you, if everything you do goes up, yep, to meet him, you can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. You just can't. And we've we've been so blessed in this ten years that um, it's just been a joy to be married. And I think more importantly, putting yourself aside and elevating the other person in whatever they love. Mm-hmm. And so he had to find a way to to elevate me in what I love, which was dance. Mm-hmm. And like I said, going back to his mom, she was like, how does this work together? <laughs> and he didn't know the last thing about dance. And now he'll go to competitions. He's going to be in that front row. He is. He's so precious. And he'll say, he'll lean over and say, babe, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure that one read very well. Or <laughs> it looked like to me, they didn't repeat that second. I mean, he's just like, he's like talking crazy. about the choreography now. It's really funny. I love that. He was the competition I went to. He was like in the front row with all the teachers. Yeah. He will sit there and he will sit there all night and he knows the kids. Yeah. He knows their names. He sometimes even knows their strengths and weaknesses. And he's kind of a math nerd. He's got that brain. So he'll look at things differently than I do, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. That's helpful. Yeah, it is. And he'll give me like even little pointers on, have you thought about this for this one? I'm like, I didn't choreograph it, but I'll share that. When I get the right opportunity. I love that. Oh, man, that's so good. He's funny. That's so good. I love that. Kind of what you said, like, it's not even about necessarily having the shared passion to do the same thing, but about, like, embracing each other's passions and lifting each other up in that. For sure. Yeah, that's so cool. It's a, it's, I think it's a must Mm -hmm. because you're, you're rarely going to find you might share one passion. Yeah. We both like to travel. Yeah. So we do share that. But the other things are just meeting you where you are. Yeah. And, you know, falling in love with what you have because you mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. That's just part of, I think, our calling as a married couple. Yeah. And I think, like, because you guys both know God and you both love sharing mm-hmm. that, too, it comes together. That's like, mm-hmm. in your different fields, but also together. It's just... It is cohesive, you know, but I think that's the key. Different. That was for both of us in looking for a second marriage, mm-hmm. not wanting to go through what we had to go through the first time. That was, you know, obviously the most important thing. Yeah. Was where is your faith and how does that look? And we even dated that way as older people that had been married and had children. We were very hard. pure in our dating. And for a year we dated and then it was like, okay, we need to get married. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot more fun to have. You know? <laughs> I never really thought about that too. Just like going into a second marriage and the dating, like when you're yeah. older and stuff, how, how the dynamic kind of shifts. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have kids for sure. That, yeah. You already have built up your life right. at that point. Like, you have different thought processes, but we just, we felt like it was really important to do it the way God had told us to do it. And, and we did. And it's awesome. It's, it's, paid off big benefits for us. Yeah, you and can I, tell. I think we modeled for our children and yeah. sometimes they thought we were crazy, you know, but yeah. I would drive home at midnight because, or he would, whoever, you know, he lived pretty far at the time we were dating. So yeah. we would just drive back and forth. I love it. Yeah. And you guys do have a special relationship because I feel like anytime one of you walks in the room, there's like joy and Aww. it just looks like you can tell you guys love each other so That's much. so sweet. So sweet. Thank you. Um. Okay, so my last question to go along with that would be, what is what are some of your best pieces of marriage advice? Well, um, in God's word, he tells us, I mean, he teaches about marriage. 
that a woman's greatest need is to feel loved, mm-hmm. which in our case is true. Believe that or not, it's in the Bible. But <laughs> I think it's and true. a man's greatest need is to be respected. Yep. And no matter what, we live that out. We just live it out. Um, it's funny. We went to a, we we even still go to marriage conferences, even though As I feel should. like we're doing great. Yeah. But you know, you can always Keep do learning. better. Um, we went to one recently, and and it was mentioned that no matter you know sometimes a man is showing love and maybe giving flowers or like Andy's Andy does the dishes at our house every day. Mm-hmm. I don't do the dishes unless we have company. And then I do the dishes cause there's more of them. It's a real <laughs> weird dynamic we have, but he shows me love like that every day. Yeah. But I'm one of those people that if you come up and rub my shoulders, I'll just melt because that is, <laughs> I mean, touch is a big thing yeah. for me. Yeah. And so, <laughs> Although you think you're doing the right things to show love, you might be off just a little bit. So mm-hmm. unless you communicate and talk about what it, what does being respected feel like to you, Andy? And what does feeling love look like to you, Christy? Unless yeah. we talk about those things and communicate, we could be doing a really great job in our eyes, yeah. but missing the mark completely yeah. because it's a different, they're looking for something different. Yeah. So I think just the communication we do, um, one piece of advice is we do vision weekends and, or you could even do like a 24 hour, but you need to designate time with your person to get away and look at the vision for them. Maybe we do like every three months, mm-hmm. what's the vision for the next three months for our family who needs the most prayer at this moment? Cause there are a lot of people mm-hmm. to pray over. Yeah. And, um, you know, is there a need here? Is there, am I doing okay? You know, just kind of check the meter on Mm -hmm. how are you feeling respected and just open up. It's another one of those relational things. We Mm -hmm. are called to be relational with one another in marriage and work, you know, in friendship, all Mm -hmm. of those ways. Yeah. So I think marriage is no different. Yeah. We just have to be thoughtful of the other person first. Yeah. I mean, I, I just strive to do that better and better every day because mm-hmm. I think if you can nail that, you're on a really good, you know, trajectory for mm-hmm. pleasing God and having a wonderful full life. Yeah, it's what He calls us to, but it, sure. it can be hard. But it it's can. so life giving, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, there's so many thoughts I have on that topic. But I think just lo- looking at how you guys prioritize putting each other first, but then also others first, like your vision weekends mm-hmm. and who can we pray for the most in our family right mm-hmm. now? Like you guys are living on such a mission, which is probably what makes your marriage even more successful and just like more of a team and coming together. Um, so that's really awesome. And I'll write that down for myself. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. The equally yoked thing, it makes it easier too. We were, you know, we're super in alignment as far as our beliefs when we met. So that was a priority more so this time around than I think it was the first time, honestly, yeah. when I was 20 years old and I got married. Yeah. I mean, I was just 20 years old and my brain wasn't fully right. and I loved my husband at that time. And, yeah. You know, the father of my children. So I'm grateful that yeah. that existed, but, um, it was just, it was a different mindset this time. So mm-hmm. I think my biggest piece of advice is make sure that you're steady in that in your mm-hmm. faith with, whoever you're dating or, mm-hmm. you know, that's a big one. It just yeah, makes that. life easier. It does make life easier. Yep. My family always told me that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, wow. This has been so special and I'm so thankful for this conversation. And 
I feel like a lot of people will be touched by it and learn a lot from this in different ways. So I'm glad that you came and well, it's been an honor. Yes. Thank I you for having me. Love to have you again sometime. We'll figure out something else to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we could talk for a long, long time. You're a well of wisdom. So, <laughs> Well, I've loved listening to all your podcasts and you've had such special darling guests and mm-hmm. you just have a way of making it, it does feel like a warm, cozy, just conversation. It is. So thanks for yeah. including me. Yes, I love it. It's the best. And I love hearing people's stories and getting to know more about the people around me. Yeah, so. it's awesome. I'm blessed with all the people. <laughs> wow, you guys, what an amazing episode. Christy is just full of good advice. And I hope that you guys took something from this because I know I did. Um, I am so happy you guys are enjoying these podcasts and listening. Feel free to leave me a review or a message of anything you guys want to hear. I'm totally open to anything. So feel free to DM me. Um, Thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you guys next time on the Sweetest Honey Podcast. Mm -hmm.